Welcome back, everybody, to a very special edition of the Comic Relief Podcast. I am your host, or one of your hosts today. We got a we got the triad today, uh, Michael Moreno, and with me, as always, is Thomas Logue. And I'm not sure have we done the triad podcast before with the three of us. I think we have. I we? think we have. Amy Logue, welcome, you guys. How you doing today? What's up? We're having family time. We're having a good time. Fun family time. FFT. Remember that, everyone. FFT. Yes. The funnest of familiest times. Times, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're recording this on Thanksgiving weekend. And um, as a disclaimer, I mean, yeah, we're going to be talking about some spoilers today. Some Mandalorian spoilers. We've we've agreed. The three of us have agreed. (laughs) To uh, to not to hold off on watching the fifth episode of the second season, so we'll be speaking about the Mandalorian up until about the fourth episode. And uh, oh man, I can't wait! It's been a while since we've done this. How have you guys been? We've been good, or I've been good. I don't know, Amy. How have you been? I mean, I I went down a rabbit hole, <laughs> so. So it's that's actually kind of funny because the not funny, but the, the, well, hilarious. No, the the last time we did a podcast, it was about the Mandalorian. It was me and Maiko covering season one, and we started it off with Maiko talking about what he had just gone through. Holy cow! That was po- pre-COVID, wasn't it? That was pre-COVID. Oh my god! It's been a while. It's been a long. So time. much, so much has happened. Yeah. <laughs> We have a new president. Yeah. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> uh, a lot of health issues. Uh, same old, same old. I guess. Same old, same old. <laughs> so, so what's been going on with you guys? What what rabbit hole are we speaking of here? Yeah, Amy. Oh, well, yeah. So, I mean, a very short version of it because there's a lot of detail to it but um basically had a seizure um at the end of june at the end of june and then went through a ton of tests had a biopsy um it uh there was no physical tumor but there were abnormal cells so had to do some proton radiation just finished that up last week had another PET scan and another MRI and um, waiting for the results of that. If I still have abnormal cells, I'll have to do one more round. Tentatively going back to work middle of January. It's funny because it feels like it's been awfully long between getting information about my health and what's been going on, but it has gone kind of fast too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like the whole time we were going through this, we were like, oh my gosh, 2021's got to be better. But I mean, to kind of think about the fact that we might be rolling into 2021 still dealing with some of these problems and the pandemic, I mean, it doesn't feel like anything's really getting, you know, I mean, not to be a Debbie Toner, but like, you know, like, you know how like we all kind of said at one time, like in July, like it's going to be better in six months and it feels like it's kind of been at a standstill. It'll get. No, I don't want to get political at all or anything. I'm just gonna say it's 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 gonna get better. And you know what? We're we're still here. We we're still around to do podcasts. And I know that when you go, you know, having experienced something similar to what you're going through, it's it affects a lot of people around you. You you don't know how many people are affected until you know how many people 
you affect until you go through something like yeah. this. So just want to tell you guys that I love you guys. It's going to get better, right? And, and and I know, Amy, you're you're going through this firsthand, but, Tom, you got front row seats to it. And, you know, like my, my kids, my family, my mom, my sister, like they all had front row seats to it. And it's not an easy thing, but it does get better, and it will get better. And I love you guys, and I'm glad we're still here all doing this podcast and about to talk about some dumb stuff because that's what we do. Well, I've come to the conclusion that I think I'm radioactive because whoever hangs out with me, something goes wrong. So, oh, I'm so the you're epicenter. The, you're the super, yeah, you're the super villain in this. Because I'm still I am. sitting around. I am. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Amy, obviously, you're going to get superpowers, right? You're going through the, the well, radiation. Well, yeah, because I keep on getting radio, radioactive um, yeah. serum when I have to get the PET scans. And then, yeah. and then I have the proton therapy. Yeah, so yeah. you're going to keep us up to date on your superpowers when they manifest. Yeah. Right, nice. right now, my superpowers are uber-eating things that oh, are too close nice. to me. And, <laughs> and putting up with me. Putting up with you. And, and, that, and, that and is... at least for the last 24 hours, complaining that it's cold and dry here. <laughs> Tom doesn't know this, but Micah and I were thinking we should change the podcast to Two Tumors and Tom. <laughs> two tumors and Tom, like, and then we were just making two broke girls. That was another one, also up there. Well, uh, yeah. two and a half men. That's a good one too. <laughs> well, these are all the shows that we talked about that we don't know who watches on CBS. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so then Mando. Oh man, I think we did a pretty decent job covering it, covering the first season, right? Yes. I, I was. I to be honest with you, I basically listened to the first season um, because of my my poor vision and stuff. But since then, I've gotten these these cool iris vision goggles, so I've gone back and I rewatched Mando. And for the record, by the way, sir, I would like to say that I went back and I watched all of the Star Wars movies, episode one to episode nine. Okay, we can talk about that too because I have my opinions on the new sequels. <laughs> and I've gone back and I've watched Rebels. And I've watched Clone Wars, and I think there is so much hope, and Star Wars has such a bright future because of a gentleman by the name of Dave Filoni. And we can get into that. Before we do, let's do a quick wrap-up of the first season. What do you say? All right. Just a quick off-the-cuff. Now, we, as a quick disclaimer, we did not, or I didn't anyways, I don't want to speak for you guys, I didn't really prep uh, too much for this uh, episode. I felt like this was going to be a little loosey-goosey. Just, uh, you know, uh, some friends uh, in a fireside chat. You guys are up there in a snowy uh, Big Bear, uh, you know, soaking up the, the season's greetings and stuff. And I'm just, <laughs> where do we even start? <laughs> in the first season, they got rid of the best character. IG-11. IG-11. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> and, Ka- and Cara Dune stepped up to take the mantle. Yes. First season, the, bounty, or the, the Mandalorians uh, are underground. Right, as far as we know, anyways, as far as we know at this point, uh, there there is sort of an underground um, group of, 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 of warriors, right? The Mandalorians that we know and love. Yep, they don't take off their helmet. We're learning a lot about these guys. They don't take yeah. off their helmets. They live by a creed, and they are uh, they're almost like zealots a little bit. They're uh, they're very uptight about their 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 ways, their creed. Mando gets sent off by the remnants of the Empire and Moff um, Gideon, right? Yeah. And obviously, we all know that he, it's the child is the is the target. 
he gets a child and now we got baby Yoda. So uh, baby Yoda is the focus of the show at this point and the focus of Mando. Mando kind of sees his kid. He has um, a bit of a, um, a bit of a soft spot for the child. Right. And obviously I, I, I think it's because he, he himself was a uh, was a foundling with the Mandalorians, right? Yeah. They found him. They they took him in and they basically brought him into this world, right? They they took him up you know, off the battlefield. So I, I think there's a little bit of that theme there, the stranded child, that whole thing. And I think that might be why he has such a soft spot because otherwise, I mean, Mandalorians, uh, Mando's a, a a great character, right? He doesn't necessarily he's not necessarily a good guy or a bad guy. But something about the child really struck a chord with him. What do you guys think about that? I was going to say I agree. You see it in both good and evil characters. He has a high sense of honor. And that's something that's, I think, very pre- prevalent with the, uh, with the Mandalorian culture, right? Yep. I mean, we don't know too many um, uh, other Mandalorians aside from Django, Boba, uh, Sabine. I'm not sure. Have you watched the, the, um, the Clone Wars cartoons? No, I'm currently going through Rebels. Um, I just got to the part where I'm halfway through season two. So, you know, Vader's kind of do it. And uh, that's, that's when it starts getting good. Hang in there. You will not regret it. You will love. I've liked it so far. So I'm sorry, Amy, you wanted to add something? No, I was just, um, you know, from kind of like a different perspective, because obviously I do like star Wars, but I'm not into the lore as much as you guys Mm. are. Um, I, had to add the lore into my life um a because i'm married to tom yes. but um b Aren't we all i know <laughs> but and, you know b from um my former job in licensing but it does come across to me in a different way is that you come to really like the character the you know mando um and it says a lot for the directing and the acting and the writing of the show because I would think it's very difficult to get people to really have, you know, sympathy and feel this character without having facial expressions. This this episode is going to be the tangent podcast because you have like hit so many different chords and notes that I want to touch on. First of all, have you have you explained to what you used to do in the licensing uh, on the previous podcast before? No, I don't think be- so. I used to um, be a VP of sales for a company that did housewares and toys um, for Star Wars. Star Wars was their one of their licenses a lot of this stuff i've tried to specifically like not i mean i know i know that the podcast has always been your guys's thing but like tom i specifically don't talk about a lot of it literally disney would invite us and we would have like a week long form of just like all the new movies coming out whether it's a marvel movie a disney movie you know um a princess movie or whatever like um I basically saw Guardians of the Galaxy six months before it came out. So, I mean, it's like... Humble brag, sorry. <laughs> Bye. But, but, so that's what I did before. So, um, like, right now, it's Christmas time. And mm-hmm. if you notice, when you're out there, there's a ton of the child stuff now. But when The Mandalorian was supposed to come out, John Favreau was so anal retentive about not letting anybody know anything about the child so something like something like bb8 like if we go back to this is a tangent but if you go back to those movies like the force awakens when bb8 came out 
I, I, you know, we all knew, everybody in our licensing industry knew about BB-8 a year before you even saw the movie or BB-8 was on the shelf. And they basically had sold in programs to all the stores and we were creating BB-8 toys and BB-8 mugs and BB-8 tumblers because they were putting all their money into BB-8 because he was a cute, he was a cute character. And it was like that Sphero, like um, Bob Iger was at, uh, the story was the Bob Iger was at his, one of his kids' birthday parties and someone had the Sphero, just the regular Sphero, you know, just the ball that rolls. He knew that BB-8 was going to come out and he knew that those two together would sell ridiculous amounts of money, right? It was a, one of the only times that like Disney approached a company like Sphero, which was at the time a very small company. I mean, they were only doing like these balls that were rolling and you can control with your phone, but nothing to the extent of licensing and came up with that item and was completely sold out that Christmas. And like, I think um, a lot of the big box toy uh, places didn't really want to go all in on it. And the one company that did go all in on it was um, Bed Bath & Beyond, which is so random, but the the buyer it's the really, be it's the beyond part that's the most yeah what, but what, I what's, mean, what's even there yeah they ended up completely selling out um yeah. that year but anyway john favreau he didn't let any licensor or the licensing team know about the child so that's when so, that's why when the mandalorian came out it was so difficult to get anything with the child on it and etsy was going crazy because people were like knitting things or doing mm-hmm. things like that because there were no toys that christmas that had the child so the reason i brought up your um your connections to the licensing world was because you mentioned perspective you had a different perspective on all these movies whereas you know tom and i and, and fanboys like us we have a certain perspective where we're just like, why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? Why was Rogue One so like, uh, so uh, mis- not I don't know, mishandled, but it was so critically acclaimed, but they didn't do anything with it. And uh, Amy at one point brought up the point that she's like, yeah, they killed all the characters. You can't do anything like that. And yeah, it's like, there's no value that's going to yeah, come out of it. Yeah, and no one's, right. no one's going to go out that Christmas and buy a Rogue One stuffed animal or road run toy for their kid. Yeah, like or a K two fifty or something like that. Right. And I think after BBA came out, I think Star Wars Disney tried to replicate him over and over. And it was really hard sometimes going to these meetings and with buyers too, buyers basically telling us like, we get it. We know you guys want another BB-8. He goes, and and that was like what they tried really hard to do with the Porg. Um, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. But, um, but a lot of buyers kept on coming back and saying, no, this is what sells. Chewbacca, RTD2. Um, Chewbacca, RTD2, and, and that's basically it, those two. Human mm-hmm. characters don't sell that well, no matter what. You can't make a plush out of a human character. All you, The only time they do really well is in action figure form, right? And that's yeah. all Mattel. They, no, nobody, nobody wanted the Jar Jar plush? Nobody wanted the Jar Jar plush. Still? They, oh, um, basically, the Jar Jar plush, the Jar Jar toys ended up um a lot of times what they do when stuff like that doesn't sell well is licensors 
try to like, you know, like clear them out. Um, they ended up having to send a lot of them overseas or, um, <laughs> and have like international um, licenses yeah. to try to get rid of them. But a lot of them were just like that video game that you, the uh, one. E.T.? Yeah. I was about to mention yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of them were destroyed because it was easier to destroy them. It's like when they, when you have a in professional sports in the U.S. I don't know if this is the same in the rest of the world, but they actually make for like a championship game, like the Super Bowl or the World Series. Companies make both teams championship gear, right? They because they don't know who's going to. They have to. And then the losing team, it just gets shipped off overseas, and they, they're just wearing, yeah, like Charger Super Bowl champions and Jar Jar Big Squashies <laughs> everywhere. They're using for pillows. That is, that is the, the best timeline. <laughs> in, the, in, in the darkest timeline, I suppose. But, um, but with Mando, I mean, there are characters that are going to stand out, but obviously they're all in on the child. Because they lost, like, hundreds of million I mean basically John Favreau had Disney and the licensing team lose hundreds of millions of dollars without having oh, any sh- product that Christmas. Short term though, short term because they created a demand. Yeah. Everyone's looking for the plushie, everyone has the stickers, everyone has the decals, everyone's rocking the shirts. It's baby Yoda's the hot guy. But there is a a hot chocolate company. Did you hear about this? It's oh. like a ball. It's like a baby Yoda like like the little ball that he's like in, the egg, the egg yeah. and then you drop it into your hot chocolate and then it melts and then the the marshmallow is baby yoda dude whoever came up with that needs a promotion <laughs> immediately <laughs> they are now the ceo of that company that's it <laughs> I know. and if, if you would have told me that the mandalorian right was going <laughs> to be the next or the the, the next hot toy slash plushy slash cute stuffed animal was going to come out of the Mandalorian show. I wouldn't believe you. There's no way. Think of all these shows that have come out. The Mandalorian has the, the hot toy item of the last two years. Congratulations, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. You guys did it. <laughs> Especially after all the grief that Star Wars has gotten after the last trilogy. It is it is beautiful so, to see that. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Tom. Yep. There's a lot of people that watch The Mandalorian that probably would have never gone in into the, um, uh, the theater to go see any of the oh, Star Wars movies. That is, that is a common thing, and that's something I said on the, um, on the last podcast was if this was something, uh, if you were to show someone that doesn't like Star Wars or didn't care for Star Wars, one thing, one movie, one show, one whatever, it would be The Mandalorian. Because you could have no no stock in Star Wars whatsoever. You could not care about them. But it is still a good quality show with great characters and just great story writing. What I think is interesting, and this will dip a little bit into season two, is in season one, the child was very cute. It was a baby. Yay. Everyone really loved the child. And you see him, like, eat a frog, but whatever. Yes. <laughs> but in season two, I feel like they were, I feel like they took a risk when they had him eating the eggs. Dude, I was because, so upset at him. At yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, it was really easy to be like, what are you doing? Like, you got to stop. You guys, you guys are dog lovers. You guys are dog owners. You, you, you're a dog family. You know, when your dog eats something and you're like, what's in your mouth? Spit it out. Yeah. What is it? And you're yeah. grabbing you're it and like trying to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> that was me yelling at the TV screen. And I kid you not, I did it every time after the first time he did it. And I was like, dude, 
Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so good. I, I thought that was kind of risky because that could put this, you know, this big toy in a bad light that mm-hmm. it's eating what would be live eggs. You know, it's not the like lineage. chicken eggs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the lineage. But at the same time, I never felt a hate for the guy. I never held a hate for the child. I was just like, dude, you dumb kid. Stop it. <laughs> you little puppy. Like, I wanted to hit him on the head. Spit it out. No. But, yeah, then, but then weren't you kind of like, I, like Tom and I looked at each other. I'm like, oh, oh, yes. But go drop him off and make them take care of the, the child. <laughs> that is, yes. That is a negligent pet owner right there. Like, no, you don't do that. You don't you don't let the, the the fox into the hen house like that and then put him in charge. No. But um I think they kind of redeem themselves the next episode when he is yelling cuz they're flying and then he pukes on himself. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, he puked up the macaroons that he was stealing. Yeah. yeah the <laughs> blue macaroons. Yeah. That was great. That was He's he's like not he's not paying attention to class at all he's like what do you got what's that that looks delicious and like the kids like why is the child so obsessed with eating he's a hungry boy boy. yeah yeah that's why you can't get mad at him because the little boy's hungry and his day he is you know he's got a single dad everybody along the way has tried to either kidnap this kid or kill mando and he just keeps trusting people He's yeah. like, okay. He's like, I got to go on a mission. And they're like, uh, can you watch this kid? And they're like, okay. And he's like, you're not going to try to kill him, are you? And they're like, probably. And he's like, okay, I'll be back. If you do, I'll come <laughs> back for you. It's fine. Yeah. It's also kind of weird, too, that, like, you're like, when he gets to the city and he's like, I, I can't leave the child by himself. And he goes, no, he'll be fine here in this rando school oh, with that. people See, that I don't just... even know him who he doesn't look like at all. <laughs> That's a and single then, dad. Then, he did that in the village in season one. So yeah, and and, and by the way, no one told the teacher. <laughs> oh, the teacher's a protocol droid. He figured it out. That's the thing, too, though, is I trust... I Obviously, they're not... I mean, maybe they might kill Mando or the kid. I don't know where the show's going, right? Like, it's they, they can't take a risk. But I feel like Mando, no matter what situation he's in, he's just capable of getting himself out. He's just that good. He got ate by a kyrate dragon or whatever. A crate? Crate, yeah. yeah. Oh, is this the new one? Is this the new thing? Oh, yeah. The mispronounce of the name, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crate dragon. Crate dragon. (laughs) Kyrate dragon. Whatever it was called. The big thing in the dirt. Yeah, oh, yeah. The big dragon in the dirt. That is such a good episode. By the way, I just on the side note, I love the side quests. Everybody's comparing Mando to uh, an RPG. Oh, yeah. Where just along the way, he's just completing a bunch of side quests. Those are my favorite episodes. I don't care what anybody says. Any sort of uproar people get on the internet about like, oh, this episode is XYZ. It's not good because of... I'm like, no, they're they're nailing it. Side quests galore, please. Like, let's not, let's not move the story along just yet. Let's go like six seasons. I like what they've done with some of the stuff that we know in Star Wars too. Like we, we knew Tusken Raiders to be like awful, horrible things. Oh yeah. But then he's in there kicking back with him doing sign language. Yeah. Doing sign language. Who, who like, who got the short stick there that had to like bring up the food? Oh, <laughs> uh, to the crate dragon. Yeah. Right. I kept thinking that too. Like the dude that like gives the, um, the what's it called? The <laughs> sacrifice, the sacrificial yeah. food. And he's like, he tries to run away, but that thing's huge. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> the, the, banter, 
Yeah, yeah, the Bantha, exactly. The Jawas, too. I love how they're touching on all these, like, supporting characters and just nailing it, man. Jawa, I, used to, I used to be so indifferent about Jawas and Tuscan Raiders. I didn't care about them. And now I'm like, ah, I think I'm a fan of Jawas. <laughs> really cool. Like, when's the Ewok episode? Let's go. Because I hate those guys. You know oh, it's I'm, coming. You know it's coming. It's going to come. Either that or the Gungans. Wow. Give me one of the two. <laughs> Can we talk about the best guest star appearance in season two? Oh, gosh. I already know which one it is. I already I know exactly which one it is. you want me to guess it or do you want to say Go it? Go for it. Guess it. Oh, it's our five. Uh, yes. <laughs> I screamed I'm telling you. Like, like a, a girl. girl. Tom screamed like he was a junior high girl that saw BTS. Yeah. Like yes. on TV, he was like, "Whoa!" He actually made that noise, and I was I like, was, "What?" I was so stoked because it's the same R five unit because it has the the scarring on the back of the uh, engine where he blew his motivator. Oh, oh, it's already confirmed. It's yeah. in the right. It's in the right town. It's in Mos Espa. Yep. It's, it's it's been confirmed. I think I think the writers have already confirmed that. Yeah, that is the right. Yeah. Same one. Oh, you can tell because yes. it has the same scorch mark from when he blew Dude. his motivator. Exactly. I was. Thank you. It was so good, and she's like, "You just can't get good help." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so good. And she's like, "Dude, I don't even know who to talk to." <laughs> Dave Filoni and John Favreau and the, the Disney Plus LucasArts people, everybody that's involved in this show is just holding a clinic on how to do fan service. Yep, this is it. Not in your face about it. Nothing stupid, and it all makes pretty good sense. It's probable. Sure, same town, same everything. This isn't this isn't the uh, like a whole different planet where it's just random characters are showing up. This is the right place, the right time. Everything is perfect. It all adds up. I love it. And aren't those repair droids that she has, the ones that keep working on Mando's ship, aren't they from like episode one or whatever? Yeah, they're the um the ones from the pod racer yeah. pod racing droids, the pit droids. Yeah. So I thought that was yeah, kind of yeah. cool that they're tying like everything together. That's something that I think. Uh, is, the person that I'm talking about is Dave Filoni, right? He was the writer on um, Clone Wars, Rebels. He's Now he's doing this. And he what he did with Clone Wars, which I used to despise the prequels. I, I, I didn't just not like them. I actually despise... Even when I went back and rewatched the, the prequels, uh, it upset me, right? Because I have such high expectations and I see Star Wars in such like a positive light. Right. That when I saw the poor acting, the poor directing, the green screen after green screen after green screen, I was like, man, did Lucas lose it or whatever? You know what I mean? But this um, this this gentleman named Dave Filoni, who is just a um, he's in the animation world. That's where he started. He started in Nickelodeon animation. He worked on like Avatar: The Last Airbender. He worked on a few other things. And um, he actually had a meeting with George Lucas and him and George talk and George liked him. got hired on at Lucas Animation, which didn't exist at when he got hired on. So he thought it was a joke. Um, and I'm getting this from the, the if you if you go on Disney Plus, there's a like a documentary uh, series on Mandalorian, right? They interview the directors, the writers, everybody. And it's just it's really cool. And he talks about this. He got in a meeting with George Lucas, and Lucas basically spoke the entire meeting. George Lucas saw in this dude what a lot of people are are sort of lacking. This dude has a love for Star Wars that I've never seen anybody have. He has a deep understanding. He has a um, 
uh, an explanation of the Maul, Qui-Gon Jinn, and, um, and uh, Obi-Wan fight that just, I won't say it brings you to tears, but it, it gives it so much depth. And Dave Lone understood it. So now he's writing Clone Wars, and he has actually redeemed in the Clone Wars by giving it all this backstory to what has happened in the prequels. Dude, you're going to get to um, a part in, I think, I'm not sure if it's Clone Wars or Rebels, where Darth Maul um, meets back up with Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's probably Clone Wars. It's probably Clone Wars. Okay. Once you get to that point, let me know. Okay. Beautiful. The Darth Maul story, I was totally against it. I remember the spider legs and all that. I, I hated the idea of it. Dave Filoni does it so much justice. Dave Filoni is now doing for the sequels, right? He's tying in the whole cloning and all this other stuff that just was not explained in the sequel movies in episode, what was it, seven, eight, nine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I am extremely extremely excited about it he made the clone wars watchable again and he's doing the same thing to the um to the sequels and he's and he's just now touching on it a little bit another thing that that the um uh, the show does very well is now that they're under the same umbrella with marvel right so it's not just dave filoni by himself it's john favreau it's yeah. Dave Filoni. It's Taika Waititi. It's everybody. It's everybody. It's um, I, I'm sorry, I forget the director of Batman, but he just recently uh, directed one of the episodes, right? They're letting some of the actors direct the episodes now, too, which I think is great. They're bringing ships, characters, and um, creatures from the Clone Wars and Rebels and the movies and the video games and the novels they're bringing they're just they're tying it all in but the voice actress and actress that played Bo-Katan and Bo-Katan by the way is the uh the female Mandalorian right that had the two other Mandalorians with her she is the actress from Battlestar Galactica yes yeah yeah I forget her name and I'm screwing up Katie something Sackoff no Sackoff I think you're right yeah I think so like off or whatever yeah yeah she played Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica yes yes so she did the voice acting in, I'm going to say Clone Wars again, I might be wrong, but I think it is Clone Wars. And they modeled the, the you know, they modeled it after her a little bit, the character after her. And she ends up playing the character in a live action, which is like, dude, high five. Yeah, that was you guys are Oh, so can we get into that? What is your take? What is your guys' take on um, Mando meeting the, um, the, the other Mandalorians in that last, I think it was episode three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, episode three, uh, the where his ship was busted on the water planet. How they basically said that, is it the clan that he belongs to? or mm-hmm. They're, they're yep. like, not not real Mandalorians, but they're an intent. Like, did they kind of actually make it seem like he, they were like a cult? Or yes, no? that is exactly it. The watch, yeah. Because it was surprising when they took off their helmets. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Right? And that's it. it was. I, I love how they set it up, too, with the marshal in episode two, where he takes off his helmet, and he's like, well, you can't be Mandalorian. Where'd you get that armor? But you're right. I, I, I loved that they sort of addressed it as, like, they almost felt bad or sorry for him. Yeah. Where they were like, oh, this guy's a Branch Davidian. This dude is a cultist. And he's like, what are you talking about? They're like, oh, my poor child, you're homeschooled. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear, you crazy Scientologist. Oh, you. <laughs> you. Oh. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And it's interesting for me to watch it, too, because I really do like it. And it's, like I said, like, I knew stuff about lore. But, you know, when I was 
in licensing, it wasn't like there was a deep dive into things. I mean, no one was really like, oh, I really want the Rebels license, you know, or whatever. I mean, they sometimes begrudgingly had to take the Rebels license in order to get the Star Wars license. That's another, like, you know, tangent, secret fact of how much money Disney makes is all the different segments in Star Wars. So if it's a classic movie, if it's a prequel movie, if it's um, the new movies coming out, if it's Rogue One, if it's Han Solo, they all have a different percentage that you have to pay for the licensing fee. Oh, interesting. And, they're all really? and they all get rolled into one big contract. So basically, for instance, if you wanted to do The Force Awakens, sometimes when you're negotiating your contract, they're like, okay, well, you, you're going to be the master plush licensee. It's not like they don't split it up because they split up amongst different companies, but you'll do the master plush, but you also have to take these other licenses too, which means you have to make a marker. So like you say, um, for The Force Awakens that we're going to sell at least $500,000 worth of plush, right? Mm -hmm. So then you get a percentage of that. But the thing is, you have to sell up to that amount. If you don't sell whatever percentage you're told, like, four hundred thousand dollars five hundred you're you're guaranteeing it even if you don't sell it like if you can't get it placed at walmart or target or wherever your company still has to pay that you still owe that money yeah it's going to be interesting to see those shows if they take a turn in their merch because of the mandalorian yeah, I'm not a betting man. I would say they, they're they not going to because there's such a deep cut and it's really hard to sell someone on like six to seven seasons. It just sucks because I think the, the, the cartoons itself, Rebels and, um, and Clone Wars, were sort of marketed towards children. Yes. Even though they had very good writers, right? So again, Dave Filoni, he sort of took the opportunity to write some really deep character arcs and deep story in a, on a children's cartoon. And I think it kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Hopefully, I would hope that the Mandalorian does bring people over to to at least Clone Wars or Rebels because there's there's a lot there. There's a lot of great story, a lot of great uh, filling in of the blanks, you know, that was missed that you just can't tell. And, and, and again, no fault, no really, no real fault of George Lucas or anything. It's just you can't tell, you can't pack this much story into a two-hour movie even if you are doing a trilogy you just can't what you can do in hours and hours and hours of a serial show you just can't do in two hours of a movie yeah and i mean for that same reason too like i'm excited for what marvel's gonna do on disney plus now disney is essentially giving lucas arts and marvel just the green light to do what you want i don't know if you guys heard this but disney also just um greenlit uh, deadpool to be rated r so you gotta hold on to Tight and never let go. Don't make the same mistakes I did. Got it? Yeah. Because the whole world tastes like Mama June after hot yoga. Sir, what does Miss Mama June taste like? Like two hobos in a shoe filled okay, with piss. No. I can go all day, Dopinder. The point is, it's bad. Anything but other than R would not go well with. Deadpool. It wouldn't. It doesn't fit. Not to change the subject too much, you know. But but. Yeah, I do hope The Mandalorian does bring people to uh, to Rebels and, and Clone Wars more. I think the important thing that they do with Mandalorian, though, is even if you don't watch Rebels, if you don't watch Clone Wars, if you don't really know too much about Star Wars, you can still enjoy Mandalorian for what it is. Like when, what's his name, came out of the TIE Fighter with the Darksaber. 
Yeah. You know, you're like, ooh, Darksaber, what does that mean? You don't have to know the history that's shown in Clone Wars mm-hmm. and Rebels. You can just enjoy it for what it is and be like, oh, dude, he has like a weird lightsaber. I hadn't seen, um, I think I just started Rebels or Clone Wars at that point. And uh, having gone through it, it's, it's it's just beautiful how you don't need any of the backstory to, to appreciate and enjoy it. But if you once you know the backstory behind all these things, it's like, oh, my God. Right. And and we we've definitely experienced that with the Marvel movie. Right. Seeing all the Easter eggs and all the name drops and all the things in all these Marvel movies has been like, you know, you you'll get the one or two woots in the movie theater. And it's like, OK, those are my boys. that read comics. There. And it's, <laughs> it's like you don't need it to appreciate. It. You can still enjoy them. Yeah. But to know all that is just amazing. I agree. I mean, to everyone else, except for me, probably that scene with R5 was like, whatever. It's just a robot. Uh, it's just a different R5. R2-D2 type droid. But for me, I was like, it's R5! Oh my god! I got excited to see him because I knew you would get excited. <laughs> uh, for the same reason, too, that when IG-11 came out, I was like, ah, Tom's gonna like this one. Yep. I know. It's not it's not 88, right? But it's close <laughs> enough. Even to, to, a, to a lesser extent, too, the episode where the uh, the X-Wings come out. Ah, oh, that felt, that was, that was good. That was gratifying. Yep. I'm talking about Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni actually is one of those pilots in, in that scene. In the last episode with a, a pilot that's that's talking to Cara Dune trying to get her to join the uh, the New Republic, that's third the third showing of that pilot, that same pilot. So. Yeah, yeah, which means he gets around because he was on an ice planet, then he went to a desert planet. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, he's just he's like the Howie Patrol. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see the fifth episode. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a. This is a big deal. People texting me asking me if I've watched it, and I have to tell them like, "Shut up!" And everyone's like, "Oh man, you got to watch it!" And I'm like, "Shut up!" You're like, "Yeah, you don't I know. watch it anyways." You don't have I'm to watch it anyways. <laughs> you don't yeah, have to convince right? me. You're like, I'm very busy Amazoning now and eating my chicken yeah. board. <laughs> yeah, I got cheese in me. You guys don't understand, and olives too. Back to the uh, the, the original combo. <laughs> what was that again? Mando's got the kid. Mando sides with the child. He decides to protect him. The Mandalorian. Now that we know that we've explained that this is his cult. This is this isn't all the Mandalorians out there. This is just one faction. One one. Uh, uh, what did you call it, Amy? Cult. One division. Uh, you know. Yeah, one division. You know, because when we see them come out of the in in the first season, when we see them come out of the hiding, which is one of my favorite episodes, uh, one out of their hidey hole, you're like, oh man, uh, the Mandalorians are back out in the world, and no, they really they have been, right? They have been. So at the end of the the first season, we see that Mando is sort of as taking on the 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 child as a foundling himself. To me, that's very. Very interesting, right? Because now is the child going to become a Mandalorian? Are we going to see him at some point rock the armor? The woman who made his insignia of the the mud whatever. So Mudhorn. Mudhorn. She had said that it's Mando's duty to take Baby Yoda. Back to his uh, his, people. Yeah. The wizards. Yeah. So then could he be a uh triple threat could he be a obviously whatever species yoda is and a jedi and a mandalorian could he be the next mandalore that's why i worry about mando's uh survival like will the show kill him and continue on with the child as the mandalorian 
I mean, it could. And, you know, you, we've already seen someone that you've mentioned a few times, Mr. <laughs> Fett, show up. Ooh, which was really, really cool. Yeah. I like that. And you know, and that was part of the, yeah, that was part of the whole thing with that. Well, Boba's not wearing a a helmet, right? Is he is he a true Mandalorian? Well, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? Well, he's not even wearing anything except for like skivvies and some armor. <laughs> I, he's like me, like a quarantine me. <laughs> yeah. What I thought was really cool is that uh, it's the same dude, Django. And then, did you know that he voices Boba Fett in the two thousand four version of Empire Strikes Back? Does he really? Yeah. I That I did not know. So there's a, there's a lot of talk as to whether Boba and even Jango are true Mandalorians, right? Because were they ever really adopted into a clan? Are, are they, right? And if they if they value their armor so much and their weapons and everything so much, right? Like, why? how did he lose his armor? Did he give it up? Did it get stolen? Did he get defeated? Did he get bested? Right? Well, why did Jawas have it? Well, no, keep in mind, you remember the last thing that happened to Boba Fett is he fell in the Sarlacc pit. I'm assuming he climbed out, probably passed out, Jawas found him, stripped him of his armor, took it, and just pawned it off. Oh, God, I hope they tell us. (laughs) I I mean, I I assume that's what they're alluding to when they had the marshal say he bought it from the Jawas. Because they're just scavengers, right? They're not going to knowingly, like, or willingly attack or anybody. They'll, 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 They'll loot you, though. Yeah. They'll loot a corpse, for yeah. sure. That's why it was not all of Boba Fett's armor. It was, like, pieces of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he had the chest yeah. piece, the helmet, and you know, part of the arm piece for the flamethrower. But it wasn't his full armor, because I imagine some of that was probably damaged in the Sarlacc pit. I honestly don't think there's a bad episode. In Mando? No. There's not. No. Mm-mm. That's pretty incredible when you think there's already been eight episodes from season one. And then we've watched the first four. four of season two. So you're looking at 12 episodes so far and mm-hmm. not a bad one at all. Disney Plus is also doing a few other shows, right? Which I was not excited about pre-Mandalorian, right? They're doing, uh, I believe, uh, an Obi-Wan show. And uh, I believe they're in talks to do a young Luke Skywalker. Personally, I believe, I'd rather see a qui prequel than a Ben Kenobi prequel. Because, I mean, I feel like they did a good job of when Ben Kenobi dies that you care. But Qui-Gon, they did a good job of, like, oh, here's a cool character. He gets cut down really early into episode one, and you're like, oh, whatever. That's the thing that really bugged me out about the prequel and the sequel movies. Because they did the same thing with Maul. They did the same thing with Snoke. They just dismissed these characters that had so many, so much potential. Yeah, Qui Gon was definitely that dude. He was like, he was a rock star. He was, he was going against the Jedi Council. He was a rogue. I think what's interesting though is I can't remember if I've mentioned it before, but one of the things that the prequels for me did was ruined Vader's redemption in Return. Yeah. Yep. As soon as you see him killing kids, then you think about his redemption at the end. You're like, no, you die. Like, why do you get to come back as a good mm-hmm. Jedi spirit? You murdered children, dude. Like, blowing a planet. All right, whatever. That's kind of, like, impersonal. You're doing it from space. I get it. But when you're physically stabbing children, you're you're in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're watching the children die versus just blowing up a planet from space. Like, why the children? Yeah, why the children? Because it's... I- it's it's like when you have the villain in, uh, what's that, Ke- uh, not Kiefer Sutherland, oh my god, Keanu Reeves movie, where they kill the dog. Point Break? 
now where they kill oh yeah like uh john wick john wick yeah if you want to show someone's truly evil you kill something that's defenseless like a dog or a child that's how you know they're evil (laughs) like i get what they were trying to do right they're trying to show that anakin is truly fallen to the dark side but it's just uh they didn't they don't execute it very well no Oh man, let's talk about the uh, sequels because I don't think we've talked about. It. Last time we talked, I hadn't seen them yet. We hadn't seen Episode Nine yet. I hadn't seen Episode yeah. Nine yet. And I think we left off that you and Amy were going to watch it. What did you think of Episode Nine? Go ahead. I barely remember it. Yeah, I hardly remember it. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a while, and it's I don't own it on Blu-ray or anything like that. Overall, I actually didn't mind it too much. There's li- there's literally only one scene that sticks in my head that I hated. And that's when the Emperor gets all that power and then short circuits all the ships, all the good ships flying in space mm-hmm. thousands of miles above him. Yeah, he's like a shower of lightning. Yeah, that was the only thing that I, that I can remember that really stuck out. Well, that and the kiss. All the fake-outs were stupid. Chewbacca's fake-out death, C-3PO's fake-out wipe, uh, Ray's fake-out death. Like, nothing had meaning in that movie, dude. You know what's really funny, too, is is I, I, I know I hadn't seen it. Like, it was like a year or two after the movie had been in theaters. But I was, and I, I knew that Palpatine had came, came back from this movie, right? But I wanted to see how they did it. I was like, no spoilers. I want to. I want to be like. I want to experience the moment when they find out that Palpatine is back. Right? I'm like, this is going to be good. And it's at the beginning of the title scroll. It says, "Emperor Palpatine is back." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> That's it. Well, a lot of times, even in the original trilogy, like between Star Wars Empire and Return, they do talk about time has passed. Yeah. Like you end Empire with. Um, you know, Han is gone, whatever, and they're just watching Lando fly away or whatever. And then we start Return, and Lando has infiltrated, you know, the huts. Uh, Leia is now like this fake bounty hunter. They've sent off R2, you know, and C3PO. Luke's got this crazy other idea. So, you know, they do have time pass in between even the original trilogies. And like, Han even makes a reference to, yeah, you know, in Empire. Yeah, I'm going to leave because after we ran into that bounty hunter in whatever, Ord Mandel. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the captain says, well, price is a hard thing to live with or whatever. So there's definitely time that passes even between the movies. But at least these are characters that we're like, okay, these characters are off on adventures. Palpatine has been dead yeah. for a long time. <laughs> I I'm honestly am struggling to remember episode nine so ray had a fake death yeah yeah she was brought back by kylo's love which apparently they were in love because wasn't there a time we thought that they were brother and sister right they might have been related which again that would have been a callback right again yeah yeah, luke and leia so (laughs) not too unusual in the star wars universe i would say luke and leia had more of a relationship tension than kylo and and uh ray yeah, she got brought back by a kiss, and then he after he brings her back, right? Because all of a sudden, uh, force revive is a thing, and then he just faints and dies <laughs> immediately. <laughs> well, they were facetiming each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and what's going on now with the force that you can just like transfer items through the force? Like, uh, what's what's up with that? Yeah. You can just give someone a lightsaber through the force, like through FaceTime. 
It's a digi gift. Yeah, it's a digi gift. <laughs> and then we thought Chewbacca was dead, but he wasn't. He was in the other ship. Oh, good. And that was it was actually a pretty cool scene where Ray throws lightning and you're like, Oh, this is good. She accidentally killed Chewbacca. That's cool. And it turns out that no, he wasn't even on that ship. Oh I God. remember watching the movie and when Kylo didn't have his shirt, I'm like, What why? Dude, have you seen <laughs> have you seen the preview for the Star Wars Holiday Special. No. The Lego one? No, no. It's on Disney+. You have Plus. to send it to me. Basically, Rey goes back in time. Cool! We see my master. <laughs> my master's master. Concentrate. My master's father. Impressive. My master's father's master. Emperor Palpatine? Hmm? I don't believe it! Uh, you think maybe you could put a shirt on? <laughs> it's so good, dude. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I always had a problem with Kylo. He just, yeah, he it wasn't I, the I right thought actor. The, yeah, I thought the actor choice, Adam Driver, was mm-hmm. hard to hard for me to think that Han and Leia had a baby and it was Adam Driver. I mean, he's got nice pecs. Don't get me wrong. Like that, that was thank you, Adam Driver. But yeah, no, it didn't buy for me either. I'll tell you what, do you guys remember Babu Frick? Babu who? He is the uh, the little alien that reboots Frig or that turns C-3PO evil. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he was little the little dude. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> he is the redeeming character in that whole friggin' trilogy. <laughs> Babu Frick is awesome. They need his, his, his like, little talking plushies. No, I was just saying, it is weird how certain people, like, find certain characters. Like, you know, Tom's, one of his favorites is R5, right? Mm -hmm. I like like, obscure characters is my problem. Right. But, um, what's his name? Oh, my God, I cannot remember his name, and I know his name. Who? Um, Jabba's pet. Salacious Crumb. Salacious Salacious Crumb. Crumb. (laughs) So, when you're for our uh, talking plushies, um, Mm -hmm. Walmart wanted to do an exclusive one. And so, like, we put the normal numbers in and whatever, and the buyer um, was a huge Star Wars fan, right? And he's like, I want Slacious Crumb in there. And I remember we all looked at him, we're like, what? As a plushie? And he goes, I think it'll do really well. And I'm like, I don't know, think that will do well. <laughs> I'm like, because the thing about it is, like, can you imagine, like, you're, you're having to sell, like, two Slacious Crumbs over 3,000 Walmart stores. That's like 6,000 yeah. people going in and buying a $10 Salacious Crumb puppy amount, you know. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like, and I we had boxes and boxes of it. Did they not sell? No. Oh, I was, I was hoping to hear like a super cool, like, dude, we couldn't, we couldn't keep them on the shelf. No. Oh. It, it, looking back now, I think that character should have been a Star Wars Celebration exclusive. Exclusive. That's what I was going to say. You should be exclusive. Because the people that are going to Star Wars Celebration are, are Star Wars fans. Yeah. So they're gonna, they're the people that are going to drop $10 for a little talking plushie that makes that noise. The only reason why he wanted him was because he it was his, one of his favorite characters and he likes that noise he made. Yeah. Everybody um, does. Arrow. But, um, 
But no, but that year we ended up doing that character. You have one. I got you one. The, the blue one? The blue. Max Rebo. Max Rebo from... Oh, yeah. Sizely. From yeah. the barge. Throw an R5 unit in there. Yes, I we. tried so hard. Every time, every time we had meetings about new characters that we were going to do, I would be like, can we do R5? And they're like, they would tell me, they're like, you can't like, do who? this character just for your husband. <laughs> One sale. And I'm like, it's not even going to be a sale because he's going to get it for free. <laughs> I would buy it. But, um, I would buy it just to support it. But then I remember the next year... Because we were always looking for, like, that one token rando character in there to see if it would work, you know? Mm -hmm. Or an exclusive. And R5 was on the short list sometimes, but he just never made it. Oh. Um, but, um, but they, they were, like, motivation. But it was really funny. Huh? Uh, but it was really <laughs> funny because they're like, who is this character? And I'm like, don't you remember, at, you know, because this is, like, kind of like in the beginning when I started working there I don't think they realized like how much I already knew about Star Wars and mm -hmm. granted the people who owned the company were not Star Wars fans but I'm like don't you remember in the beginning where it was that one droid and he like bad motivator, a bad motivator and that's why R2 went and they like literally were just staring at me I'm like I guess you don't now, now, cl clarify this for me, please, uh, Tom. Doesn't Luke call R5 an R2 unit? Yes, he does. In the movie? Yes, he does. Uncle Rowan! Yeah? This R2 unit has a bad motivator. Look! Luke's dumb. uneducated. <laughs> Luke doesn't care. He, Luke doesn't. He's just whiny. He's just a whiny farm boy. He didn't know about astromech droids. Though, we we have been enjoying those uh, Uber Eats commercials. Have you seen them? No, there's they have commercials? They have an Uber Eats commercial. It's like, it plays on Hulu, um, where it's Luke Skywalker and... Um, Jean-Luc Picard. Playing, oh, really? Like, yeah. Playing a chess? Or? They're playing a chess game. And there's like multiple commercials, so it's not just one. So it keeps oh. going on and on and on. Oh, yeah, I'm going to YouTube that. Tonight, I'll be eating a veggie cheeseburger on ciabatta. No tomatoes. Tonight, I'll be eating four cheese tortellini with extra tomatoes. Stuart. So it's come to the... Thank you. Bravo. Careful, Hamel. Daddy's not here to save you. Oh, I am my daddy. Come again? Wait, what? You said daddy's not here to save you. What are you talking about? I'm not sure I got that right. Tonight, I'll be eating roasted cauliflower tacos with spicy chipotle sauce. Thank you. Oh! I wasn't ready! You want cheese to go with that wine? Tonight, I'll be eating chicken tikka masala with garlic naan. Cheers. I win again. Patrick. That's Sir Patrick. Ooh, sir. I've not seen that. <laughs> also, um, who's that guy that we like on HBO? This is the way. The one that I watch? 
John oh, Snow. John Oliver. Did you guys hear, like, you know how, like, Jimmy Kimball, for a while, like, he picked a celebrity and he makes a feud with him and it was Matt Damon? Um, yeah. John Oliver <laughs> picked Adam Driver this year and just started yes. calling him out and stuff like that. And finally, Adam, he got Adam Driver to come on and, yes. and FaceTime him and just, like, stop it. Stop talking about me. <laughs> Yes, I did see that actually. That was I do recommend it. That was really funny. Do you remember like this is such a weird throwback, but I remember yeah, hold growing on up real quick. I just got the title of this podcast. What? The Randalorian. The Randalorian. Oh, dude, everything's yes. so rando. Yes. <laughs> anyway, carry on. I like it. No, carry on with I your was, idea. Well, I was just thinking back in the day, you know, when you were growing up, like late night TV was such a big deal because. Jay Leno didn't like David Letterman, and there, mm-hmm. remember there was rivalries. Like, there was a lot of rivalries, but now like they're all friends, like Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and John Oliver and Trevor Noah. Like they're all kind of like I loved. I love Trevor Noah. This is like the Randalorian. It is total Randalorian. I think. I think on that note, I'm getting a little hungry. I'm getting a little peckish. <laughs> um, I think we should wrap this guy up. All right, sounds good. What do you guys say? And um, then you guys can enjoy the rest of your uh, your uh, FFT. FFT out there in uh, Big Bear. And since it's getting At dark, this. we'll door dash some Denny's. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks again for listening. Uh, thank you guys for, for, for joining <laughs> me, for, for doing this. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Happy holidays. And we'll catch you next time. Same bat time same that channel in about four years from now yep and four <laughs> years when we have a new president or the same president yes. again <laughs> yes <laughs> all right cool all right talk to you later all right guys talk to you later bye bye, bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Comic Relief Podcast. You can find us at comicreliefpodcast.com or you can go to facebook.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast or you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash comicreliefc or you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast. If you enjoyed the music at the beginning of this podcast, please visit Taylor Davis's website. She did the cover of the song. Uh, you can go to her website at taylordavisviolin.com. You can visit her YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash user forward slash violin tay, T-A-Y. Please go visit her website, visit her YouTube page, subscribe.
bringing the loot. <laughs> we have our loot delivered. <laughs> a bounty for sure. <laughs> and speaking of bounties. Oh, good segue. Still got it. Still got it. I was saying if you go like into where the three dots are, and if you go to more. <coughs> oh, damn it. You have to do it from the call, though. How do I get out of this chat? So I won't even need this one back here. So we can just do it like that if you want. Like, we, we just take Skype out of it. Oh, I see your screen now. I have an echo, so I'm going to disconnect from Amy's phone. Okay. So what up, guys? Not what much. How's Big Bear? Uh, I'll let Amy answer. Go ahead. <laughs> we we uh, started using uh, an acronym. It was a... Uh, FFT. FFT. Oh, can I guess the acronym? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be F as in the bad word. Yep. B... Uh, hang on. FFT traffic. Yes. Did I get it? Uh, you got the F right. <laughs> <laughs> so we were, we got to Big Bear, right? Yes. <laughs> and Amy's mom is sipping on one of my Coke Zeros and she's like, oh, and she hey, goes, those are, those are at a premium, man. There's, there's only so many of them. I know. I know. <laughs> and then she goes, family time. So, like, we were, oh, FFT, I, uh, so we, we were all crappy, and I said, f***ing family time. <laughs> so it keeps getting brought up. Like, we went to go get breakfast, and we we're just sitting there, and I was like, oh, well. so we were, we got to Big Bear, right? Yes. <laughs> and Amy's mom is sipping on one of my Coke Zeros, and she's like, oh. and she hey, goes, those are, those are at a premium, man. There's, there's only so many of them. I know. I know. <laughs> and then she goes, family time. So, like, we were... Oh, I <laughs> so, we, we were all crappy, and I said, fucking family time. <laughs> so it keeps getting brought up. Like, we went to go get breakfast, and we we're just sitting there, and I was like... Oh, well... It's been a long, long time since we've been to Big Bear, because we normally go to Mammoth, right? Right, So, right. um... <clears throat> And I don't think we prefer Big Bear as much as we prefer Mammoth, but it's like a huge, you know, disparity in time driving, right? Because it takes it is, eight yes. hours, seven and a half, eight hours to get to Mammoth where it's like, two, what, two? Two and a half. Two and a half to get here. But anyway, um, so I look up a place for breakfast and Yelp let, let us put, like, it, it's like slammed. So, like, I put our names on the list and... We're still crappy this morning a little bit, and <clears throat> Tom's just like, I really want to get there early because we don't know where we're going, <laughs> and like we're trying to hurry to the car or whatever because we were like fourth yeah. in line. Right, like, so that's, that's a good move. Literally get in the car, and then Tom's like, Way says we've arrived. I'm I was like, like, what? I was like, what's the name of the place? And she's like, what is it? Grizzly Manor. Yeah, I, yeah, Grizzly Manor diner or whatever and i put it oh. into ways from the parking lot in front of this cottage and it goes you have arrived and i was like what like we hadn't even drove yet 
And then, like, I look over the side because when um, the dogs were out either yesterday or today, I'm like, oh, I see a Coke, like an old school Coke machine behind a building. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, I see a Coke machine across the street. Literally, it's two buildings it, from us. Yeah, it's like 40 feet away. Dude. It's like that across was... the street. But we were all in the car like, but we didn't half know an that. hour early. Crazy, though. Like, <laughs> Ready to brave the elements. Tom's like, <laughs> We've arrived. I'm a <laughs> Literally. We haven't even backed up yet. <laughs> so I was like, I thought something was wrong with Waze. So we drove, you know, we pull out of the parking lot, make a left. And Amy goes, I think it's that building right on the corner. And I was like, are you sure? We pull up and that's it. And I was like, get out of the car. I'm going to go park the car back at the cottage. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I want to say that's got to be a scene from a movie. That, that's the scene from a movie, isn't it? It feels like it. they and they get in the car. It's a big deal, and all of a sudden they just like just roll a little bit. <laughs> and they're like, "All right, we're here, we're here." <laughs> so we get in the car, we start driving. Uh-huh. Amy's mom falls asleep in the front seat with me, but that's nice. fine. Then I look back, and Amy falls asleep. Ah, so that is so. It's just me, which is fine. I got my music. That is, that is bad co-pilot etiquette. Yeah. By the way. I got my music. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Mammoth, you just literally go on a straight road and it's just... Well, like, straight, no, no, yeah, it's a, it's road a gradual there, incline. Yeah. Whereas Big Bear, it's literally like turn, 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 yeah. turn. Yeah, it's a beautiful drive, though. It's yeah. really nice. Well, yeah, night, it's a really great drive to sleep through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we get here, and I was like, I'm done driving. Like, I am done driving. Like, there were so many turns, like whatever. Five. And then oh. so Amy's like, well, what are we going to do for food? And I was like, I don't know what you guys are doing for food, but I'm not hungry. <laughs> so then, now go. So I'm like, I'm just going to door dash some things. I look on Uber Eats, nothing's available. I look on Postmates, nothing's available. And finally, uh... the only thing that showed up on DoorDash was Denny's, right? And uh-huh. so, and it was dark. Respectable. It was dark when we got <laughs> up here, so like we didn't get to see like where we were situated in town. So the funny thing is, they delivered Denny's, and it was fine. We had Denny's this morning, last night. And it took forty five minutes. It took forty five yeah. minutes to get to us. So Denny's is what it is. It's the ultimate expectation managed restaurant right you're not gonna get blown away but you're not gonna be upset yep right unless they screw it up unless they screw it up so it took 45 minutes to get here and while we were sitting at the grizzly manor i love that name by the way the grizzly manor having breakfast i like it was a weird breakfast and i kind of like thought to myself i'm all i think denny's is just two doors down from here (laughs) (laughs) door dashed like, Are you serious? A block away. <laughs> Literally, we go. We walk after breakfast. We walk back to the car and we're like, "Let's go get the dogs, and we'll go to Big Bear Lake." So you guys walk past Denny's. <laughs> well, literally, we got in the car because I didn't know how far Big Bear Lake was. So we rustle the dogs into the car, jump into the car. We make the right past Grizzly Manor, which is you know like forty feet away, and literally uh-huh. two buildings over, Denny's, and I'm like, Denny's. we door dash this guy to go sixty <laughs> feet. And 
I'm like looking at the sign, looking around or whatever, and all of a sudden the sign, you know, like it, it gives you like the temperature, the date, all that stuff because mm-hmm. it's a school sign. And then it goes, what was it, forty eight? No, negative. Negative seven hundred and seventy seven. Oh, how'd you guys survive that? Yeah, I'm all negative seven thousand eight hundred whatever. Seven hundred eighty two. Yeah. Too many zeros in there. Dude. <laughs> and I, I, I'm like, oh my God. And then Tom turned to look and he goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, that just said negative whatever. And then he goes, those are letters, Amy. Those yep. aren't, <laughs> aren't digits. It's like, welcome to like Big Bear High School or whatever. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? And then I'm those letters like, say FFT. So then, uh, yeah, FFT. And then I'm like obsessed. I'm waiting for, and there's no rhyme or reason when you're watching it, like when it would come up, right? Well, then all of a sudden, four thousand. Four hundred and fifty-five. Four hundred. Keep adding an extra zero. I, I keep on, the, yeah, because four hundred and fifty-five Fahrenheit yes. comes up, and I'm like four hundred and fifty-five Fahrenheit. And then Tom turns around and he goes, those are letters. It's literally the same words again, like, welcome to Big Bear High. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? So, like, I'm obsessed with the sign. Tom's just, like, sitting in the sun. He's like, I'm getting hot. And we look over at my mom, who's just on her phone like a kid or something literally amy's mom looks like she's playing pokemon go (laughs) like she's got her phone out and i keep seeing her move like i'm sure she's scrolling up and down but it literally looks like she's like throwing pokeballs i was like i don't know what's happening at this table we went to big bear once and we decided to do it uh it was my cousin i think it was nick or amy's birthday and we were at the bar, we were drunk, me, my cousin Anai and Nick said we should go snowboarding tomorrow, right? We had one of those like those ideas, you know, when you're drinking yeah. and you're like, Yeah, we're gonna do it. Yeah. And we all high fived and we all cheers and then we all went home. And sure enough, man, I woke up at like five in the morning and I called him up and I was like, Are we still gonna do it? <laughs> They're like, Oh crap. Okay, sure. And we did it, man. We got in the Nick's truck and we like, we all got together. We met up and we drove up and like my cousin didn't have like socks on. My, <laughs> that seems like a mistake. <laughs> it was a bad, because as we were driving to Big Bear, it was cold snowing. Yeah. And as we were driving, the, the thermometer on his truck kept going down, down. <laughs> and it was like 45, 40. 35 and we're like oh dude we're in trouble <laughs> we had like <laughs> sweaters and tennis shoes on you know we had snowboarding gear in the back of the truck but we were not at all prepared we immediately went for like hot chocolate and bloody mary's like right off the bat <laughs> like if we can't warm up we're gonna warm up our guts and we had a blast we had a blast it was so much fun I've come to um, I've come to the conclusion on a side note that I am a charcuterie board. Well, it's because you just had one last night, right? Love them. I'm all about them. They're like lunchables, like bougie lunchables for adults. The best. <laughs> Who doesn't love lunchables? It's the only time that I like with a charcuterie board. It's the only time that I'm like, oh. Like, I really want some beeswax. Dude. Uh, or like, 
yeah. goat cheese and honey and dry fruit and nuts and meat and cheese is, is just the best. And the, those, I'm sorry. And those, and, the, and those like really expensive almonds that you only buy for a charcuterie board? Yes. Oh, yeah. And then olives, too. Oh, my God. Forget about it. It's everything my doctor told me to stop eating. And I'm like, but it's all on a plate. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Sorry, I just, Sophia came up a moment ago and she was like, uh, so are we going to eat lunch today or what? Just I tell her like, that oh, you're going to Uber eat some Denny's. Right? <laughs> Find the restaurant closest to us. Actually, we have done that. It's, it's pretty cool. You know what show we're, we've been watching all day? What's that? The Scorpion. Yeah, it's called The Scorpion. What is, what is that? Is the one with, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Rock? No, no, not The Scorpion King. Not The Scorpion King. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, uh. it's a series on TV because there's not a lot of TV channels up <laughs> here. Yeah. So The Scorpion is kind of like NCIS. Turned up mm-hmm. to ten. Oh yes! Oh my God! Network TV. I forgot all about that. And the guy yeah. that is from like Stifler's mom that yeah. did Stifler's mom. The guy who did Stifler's mom is, is in, in it. it. <laughs> I don't remember his name. Um, I don't remember his name either. Yeah, but yeah, the, the one that's like Milf, Milf, Milf. Yeah. The, <laughs> the leader of the Scorpion is the bad guy from the Terminator. You know, the one that turns silver and can seep through stuff. Oh yeah, he's he's not the T1000, is he? I think he might be the T1000. Yeah, T1000. He's he's yes. the leader of the group in the Scorpion. Gotcha. Oh, so it's like a team of hackers or something. Yeah, well, like they're they're all geniuses. Yeah. So the the, the thing is, they're all ultra geniuses in their fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so every time they go somewhere, something always goes terribly wrong, and they have to figure out how to make it work. So it's kind of like NCIS turned up mm-hmm. to den. With like a splash of MacGyver thrown in there. That's scary. Oh, and splash of MacGruber. And get this: so there's like a psychologist and whatever. They're all geniuses. Yeah. And Catherine McVie is on the team. Beautiful. And she doesn't. She's what is she doing? She just is the person that. Who's Catherine McVie? I don't know. She's the one from American Idol. Oh, she's just um, one of the geniuses. So she's a psychologist. She's like the Harley Quinn. Yeah, she's like a psychologist. And there's a dude there who's like insanely smart. He's like the smartest of them all, but he has no no understanding of emotional things. Right. He doesn't have that connection. So she's there to try to teach him, and then they end up getting involved. So it's very much like the Joker and Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, yeah. Where it's like, what's this girl with a bat going to do? Yeah. I don't even think she's a psychologist because they met. Oh, she is? She is. That's the whole reason she was there. Oh. Is she she just like an Aspie whisperer or something? Yeah. She's a genius whisperer. (laughs) Genius Um, whisperer. But you'll, you'll enjoy this. The show is on CBS. Of course. Of course. You know you know what trips me out about these shows, about these like genius NCIS type shows, is that someone has to write this stuff. Someone has to write the dialogue. Like yeah. if your character is a genius, you have to have you have to write that character doing genius stuff. Yeah. It's not enough to say they're geniuses, so that's that's the part that's impressive to me. That's where I would fall off and be like, No, my character's a dumbass. 
I can write that. <laughs> it's a straight dummy. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we can end it there on random right, scorpion <laughs> show on, on, on CBS. On that note, watch random scorpion on CBS Friday nights, eight p.m. I don't I think, think it's on anymore. It it's not on anymore, guys. Just watch it. Find it on the CBS <laughs> app. Are you guys ready to start? Are you guys ready to do this thing? <laughs> 51 minutes. And yeah, we're ready. ready to start. Because <laughs> I'm already exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to be like, do you like it? Yeah, cool. All right, we'll meet next time. <laughs> yeah. And that's a wrap. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Comic Relief Podcast. You can find us at comicreliefpodcast.com or you can go to facebook.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast or you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash comicreliefc or you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast. If you enjoyed the music at the beginning of this podcast, please visit Taylor Davis's website. She did the cover of the song. Uh, you can go to her website at taylordavisviolin.com. You can visit her YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash user forward slash violin tay, T-A-Y. Please go visit her website, visit her YouTube page, subscribe, 